Hand fatigue is always a limiting factor when it comes to your technical riding skills. You know the feeling. You can only work that clutch hand for so long before you get tired. After that, say goodbye to the clutch finesse that gets you through the tough stuff. Well, if you aren't riding for a few months, like for instance, if it's winter, it gets even worse. Today, we have some simple information to make you a better rider by making sure you keep what your hands have already worked for, and there may be even a chance to increase what you have. We also have a few clips from 2017 that should bring a smile to your face. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method, and the Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio, made in the USA, and comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as their top pick in a compressor shakedown. Their website, www.cyclepump.com. I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Glenn Hickstead. Dr. Gregory W. Fraser. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schwartz. Brett Tack. Zoe Cannell. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Ross. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. Carol DeVell. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using their unique strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. And that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Rider Skills is a segment we developed here at Adventure Rider Radio designed to help improve our riding skills both on and off the road. Now, of course, these segments are not meant to take place of proper training, but to give you tips and concepts that if you choose to practice them, should improve your riding skill set. So here we go with another Rider Skills, and here is Brett Tax. Brett, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Always glad to be back. Oh, we just finished Christmas. What did you get for Christmas? It was interesting. Well, uh, I got a bunch of things, but the most interesting thing I have is a uh, set of juggling balls. Is that something you're into? Well, I've no, I've never done it before, and I've quickly discovered I am not a natural. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can imagine. I don't think juggling something that comes natural. So is this something you're going to take up now because you got the gift? Well, you know, I, yeah, every couple of years I try to do something that puts me back into the role of a student and try to find something that I'm not good at because it keeps me in tune with what it's, what it's like to be um, overwhelmed or stressed out and just how to deal with all of that and, and work through it. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Plus I like playing with my hands and, um, you know, just it's off season. And right now my bike is snowed in pretty heavy. So I'm expecting a couple more days before it'll uh, thaw off enough for me to get out. A couple more days. You're, you're a very positive thinker. Well, of course, that's what we're talking about is a little bit to do with keeping ourselves, um, let's say motorcycle fit only not in the general sense in a more specific sense, but for the wintertime, because there's a lot of people across our countries that are not riding at all right now, unfortunately. Now I'm not either because we have snow as well, but I suspect another week or so, uh, here on the coast, I'd be able to ride. But we've talked before on the show about some things to keep ourselves fit for riding motorcycles. But one thing that we've, we've never really dealt with in particular that I find when I haven't ridden for the winter is when I go back to riding, like if I haven't ridden in particular for the entire winter, when I get back to riding, I find I have trouble with the clutch. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's interesting because my, my greatest challenge when I ride is um, hand fatigue. You know, I, I do a lot of things to stay relaxed. I'm very good with the clutch. I exercise, but yet that's the one, the one part of my body that always seems to be the most fatigued when I get out there. So I do a lot of things to try to try to overcome that. It's so it's easy to forget, isn't it? I mean, because even if you're into weightlifting or you're cross training with, well, maybe you're into skiing or kayaking or something like that, it's easy to forget about the the fact that our hands, in particular, our left hand for most of us with our clutch, is so important for our control. It, it's very very essential, and and of course, when we back up on this, it's easy to put all these things aside and then come out in the spring and expect us to be able to ride as well as when we put the bike away, but. These are skills that degrade over time. They are perishable skills. And so if you want to be at the top of your game when the season starts, you've got to do things in the winter so that you're ready to go. When you say they're perishable, are you talking about the skills or are you talking about the the actual strength or, or flexibility to do it? Well, I would say both. Um, certainly if you're not do, working on, you know, if you're not there mentally, if you're not there physically, then when the season comes, you're not going to be there on, on both of those. And I think if we're going to talk about hands and, and fatigue and going that direction with this, we have to start off with, you know, the writing technique is primary. You know, that's the first thing that comes in, you know, into mind that we can't be holding onto the bars tight. We, we can't be using the handlebars to stand up. And a lot of writers will talk about a forearm pump. And rather than, you know, hand fatigue, and that's what they think is it's the same thing. And th- these are two different issues. If you have forearm pump, then that means you're, you're holding on very, very tightly to the, the handlebars. And that's a technique related issue, but just the hands themselves fatiguing that can occur even if your technique is perfect. Okay. And this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's listened and certainly not to me who spoke with you for so many hours about this stuff. You're always trying to, how do you put it? We're always trying to do the most with the least work. I, I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, I, I want the bike to do the work for me. Uh, if I'm going to stand the bike up, I'm going to use the motor. I'm going to use the terrain to do that for me. If I'm having somebody help me up, I'm going to use counterbalancing and use the weight of the rider to help stand that bike up. And if it's going down the trail, I'm going to let the rake and the trail and the geometry of the bike and the tires do the work for me. My goal is to get down the trail with as little physical effort from me as possible. And, and that's always the direction I want to go. 
So what kind of things can we do? Uh, maybe let's just run through them quickly. What kind of things can we do to make it easier on our hands to begin with? There are a whole lot of things we can do in the off season to keep our skills polished. And, and the first one is remembering that we don't use our hands to stand up. And you can do this simply by having your bike in the, the garage and putting on center stand or putting on the side stand and just practicing moving into the standing position, you know, sliding up. And we've talked about this before, but sliding up forward on the bike and over the front wheel, but not touching the handlebars, doing this only with the legs and the knees. And it's the reason that this is a hand drill is because it focuses on not using that strength to, to move up and down on the bike or to move around on the bike. So that's one thing you can start with is just trying to keep those kind of skills strong. And of course, that also keeps those muscles engaged and flexibility engaged. When we're talking about fatigue, it makes me think of picking up our motorcycles, you know, when the, when the motor, especially if you're in a, a sticky situation, maybe you got a bunch of mud, whatever, or maybe it's sand. You, you drop it two or three times and you're just about sacked of energy and that affects everything. Of course, I know you've said before, fatigue is a huge part of what we have to deal with here. But we, we deal with this with our hand, don't we? Anytime you're doing slow speed, we're working the clutch so much that it's, it's very easy to get a tired hand. And of course, that affects our riding. And the bike makes a difference too. If you have a large bike with a very heavy clutch, this will happen much sooner. And, and I know for myself riding, you know, I've done several 24 hour races on, on my dirt bikes. And, and of course I've even done races on the big bikes and I'll start off using one finger on the clutch. And then pretty soon I have two fingers on the clutch. And by the end of the day, I have all four fingers on the clutch <laughs> just because as you go through the day, and like you said, you're, you're doing very technical riding. You're doing uh, a lot of slow speed, you're, you're really trying to manage that traction. So you're constantly slipping in and out of that clutch. And, and over time, there's always going to be fatigue that, that creeps in there. And for some people, it's the first hour of riding for others. Maybe it's a 24 hour race, but at some point, all of us, all of us will suffer fatigue. And the real importance with keeping our, our hands fit is that come springtime, if you haven't ridden all winter and you've got weak hands because you haven't been exercising through the winter and you're also sort of uh, a stiff or, or a little bit sluggish with your technique because you haven't ridden all winter, you've got these things piling up on you. So if we want to avoid that and try and stay fit, definitely cross training, all the other things we've talked about on this show. But as far as hands, what sort of what sort of hand exercises, I guess, is, is that what we would do is just hand exercises? Well, there's, there's you, definitely, yes, uh, there's, but there's two different things we're looking for. One is to develop hand strength and the other one is to maintain that fine motor skill. And there's, there's things you can do on both sides, depending what your, your specific goal is for that exercise. But let's start with the strength because I think that's where most riders find is the challenge as they get out there and those hands are, are really they just wear out early in the season, early on in the ride. And the most obvious one is, I'm sure what a lot of the riders know, and that's just grabbing something and squeezing it. And this could be a, a racquetball. It could be a squeezy ball that's designed for it. It could be one of those, those springs with two handles on it. My favorite is one of the the tools made for hand strength where it has individual springs for each finger. And some of those you can actually change the spring rate or the pull rate for each one. So you can work individual fingers. So it's not just squeezing with the hand, but it's using that one finger, two finger, three finger, because when we ride, that's what we're actually doing. We're not using four fingers most of the time. It's uh, maybe two fingers or sometimes one or three. 
And the nice thing about this is that this is not only going to make our or keep our, our fitness of our hand, but we can also increase our fitness, which makes us, I would think, a better rider. Because I know for me, the more fit I have my hand, the less I have to worry about fatigue with that clutch, the longer I can ride in technical situations before suffering fatigue. And that comes back to a safety thing. You know, the less fatigue you have, the safer you are. When we're fatigued, either our whole body or just our hands, we make mistakes and then we risk damaging the bike. And of course, worse, we risk our own, our own, uh, we risk injuring ourselves. So the other ones that are kind of conventional, you know, so squeezing, you know, finding a tool to squeeze, you know, probably most of the listeners have thought of that. The other ones are things like free weights. Uh, if somebody is doing a, an exercise regimen and since we're just on the, the cusp of the new year, I'm sure somebody out there is going, Hey, it's a new year's resolution. So, <laughs> or, or maybe they got is, it for Christmas. Here's your, here's your membership to the gym. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe somebody cares about them said, Hey, here you go. <laughs> but, but regardless, so this is a great, uh, great timing for this, this particular topic. But free weights themselves, oh, people don't recognize how many secondary muscles are engaged when you do free weight lifting. And, and it's not just pushing up or, or doing bench press, but it's also the things like um, deadlifts where you're lifting a heavy bar from the ground because those are much heavier weights than something you would press. And that is a great way to get extra strength in the hands and in the arms. And of course, to build up muscle so that when the the riding season comes about, you're, you're strong and ready to go. So that's another one that's sort of in the conventional realm, that all of these are going to make a, a benefit back to the hands. But those are the conventional ones. What I'm thinking of is there are some things we can do that may have not been on the list for, for the listeners. And these are things like rock climbing. Um, like an indoor style. Yeah. So, you know, we, because outside, well, I don't know about uh, others, but <laughs> heights kind of make me nervous and I'm not wanting to get into rock climbing specifically, but they have these gyms that are one or two stories tall that are in most of the large cities and a lot of small cities where you can go in and just do the climbing. And this is a good full body workout anyways, because most climbing is done with your legs and your feet. So you build up those same exact muscle groups that you're going to be needing when you're standing on your bike off road, but you're holding onto the wall with your fingertips. So you really have to start strengthening, you know, your hands to be able to do that. And so that's something that you can do in the winter. Uh, if you want to join a gym or if you're looking for something to do, you know, one of these rock gyms, um, you know, your, your, your significant other would probably really like a back rub. And I'll tell you what, if you give a strong, deep, long back rub, your hands will feel it. But the best part is you're earning points. So when it's time to get that new gear, when it's time to get that new bike, you, that might actually be a, a win on both sides, you know? So, but you know, seriously doing massage is, oh, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of fine manipulation. And also the, the other thing that, that doing massage will do is you start feeling, you know, because you're, you're trying to find where they're tense and, and so you start find, feeling this, the, the minor muscles and the, the tendons and all these small, these little things you're, you're trying to get into. Well, that's very similar to when you're riding and you're, you're trying to sense the feedback from the wheel and the slip and how far the clutch is out. So it really does have a very good correlation back with both sensitivity and with strength. You'd mentioned before about some of the technology that's coming on. In particular, we, we talked a little bit about it. We've never really got into it, but the, the Honda dual clutch system or, or the recluse clutch, um, there's alternative choices out there for people who may not be able to physically do clutch work. 
and this is a something as a trainer, as a professional, I have to recognize is that the writers that come to me are from all different walks. And I have writers that come to me in their 60s. I've had writers come to me just getting into Adventure Rider in their 70s. I have uh, women come to me or, or people with very small frames. Even if they build all the strength, if they do all of these things, they're smaller. And these bikes are very big. And so there is times when – and the other thing is if you've had an injury – you know, if somebody's had a, an actual damage or sure. if they were born with a limitation, there, there's a lot of different reasons why not being able to work the clutch for a long period is, is, is a reasonable thing, but it doesn't mean you can't ride. And that's this dual clutch system I think is really neat because it gives an option to a lot of those people. And then also, like you mentioned, the, the recluse, the auto clutches, and, and these are nice because they maintain a clutch. So with the auto clutch, what a lot of people don't realize is when the bike is spun up, when the clutch is fully engaged, the clutch lever works like a regular clutch. So you can still disengage. You can still slip the clutch. You can still use it to loft over things or to manage traction at the rear. And so when I use an auto clutch, I act as if it doesn't exist. But the benefit is, is when you come to a complete stop, the bike doesn't stall. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's you get the best of both worlds with it. Yeah, so it really is almost an anti-stall device. So if anybody's been on a on a bike and had it stall on a hill, that's one of the things the auto clutch is, does is it allows you to idle all the way down below the stall speed. And even if you come to a complete stop, both brakes, clutch is completely out, the clutch lever is completely out, the bike, it just it keeps spinning because it's centrifugally driven. And then as soon as the bike picks up past idle, it fully engages again and works like a standard clutch. So you're really not giving up a lot but you're gaining that ability to ride for much longer without having hand fatigue. Or if you have a, a real limitation, then this allows you a way to, to maintain it so you have a clutch when you really need it, but to not have to use it all the time and wear yourself out. So I guess the bottom line for us here is for the winter or for our off-riding time, we got to make sure we stay physically fit, obviously, but don't ignore the hands. Don't ignore the hands. And this is the, the big win. If you use the hand or the massage to, uh, to earn a few points, maybe you can afford one of those other, other uh, technologies out there. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, there's always, it's, there's it's, always another angle on this. <laughs> I like that. I like the way you brought that in. Brett, thank you very much. You bet. It was it was great talking, and I'm I'm hoping the snow melts out because I'm, I'm dying and Me chomping too. at the bit to get out there. Me too. Well, that wraps up our rider skills segment for this month. I was speaking with Brett Tax. Brett is a professional motorcycle riding instructor, as well as one of the owners of Puget Sound Safety Off-Road. going to take just a short little break and thank a couple of sponsors that helped make this episode possible for you today. And the first one is Moto Bird Adventures. It's a company out of California that specializes in women motorcycle adventures. It's called Moto Bird Adventures and it's run by a passionate rider named Carrie Doherty. Carrie built Moto Bird Adventures to be a motorcycle experience 
for women by women. And they have some incredible adventures planned for 2018, beginning in January. In January of 2018, Carrie has an eight-day paved road Baja tour where all types of motorcycles are welcome. Whatever you're riding is welcome to go. And as I'm sure you realize, while it's freezing cold in the north, it's probably the perfect time to ride Baja. And Carrie says you're going to be seeing baby gray whales very up close and personal on this trip, as well as experiencing incredible roads and landscapes of Baja. So drop by our website, www.motobirdadventures.com. And of course, make sure you mention to her that you heard about Motobird through Adventure Rider Radio. That's www.motobirdadventures.com. And she's got a lot more dates for 2018 than that. And the other one is IMS Products makers of exceptional motorcycle products for over 40 years. And yes, they make fuel tanks, they make shift levers, and yes, the IMS logo is all over the off-road race scene, but they also make a full line of foot pegs for us adventure riders. Now, you should drop by their website and look at the ADV-1 and the ADV-2 pegs. These pegs are larger than most of the pegs you're going to find in the industry, but they've been tested out by some top riders, and they absolutely love them. As a matter of fact, I remember IMS owner Scott Wright told me a story about meeting a rider at a show that literally laughed at the ADV peg because it was so big. He mocked it. He really made a big scene of it. Well, to make a long story short, Scott had him try the pegs. And basically what happened was he came back and ate crow. He, the, he thought the pegs were not only good, but he actually really loved them, like really loved the large platform. So it turns out he was an accomplished rider. He's now a huge advocate for IMS ADV pegs. So drop by their website, www.imsproducts.com. Send them an email about your needs. Talk with them. And of course, anytime you're talking with them about your pegs or anything for that matter, make sure you throw in Adventure Rider Radio. Let them know you heard them here. now winding down the year 2017 and what an incredible year it's been for many of us certainly for adventure rider radio elizabeth and i started this show back in june of 2014 that's about three and a half years ago and over that time adventure rider radio has been downloaded well over two million times in the podcasting world, that's huge. And also our other show, ARR Raw, which is our, our monthly roundtable talks we do with a group of us as Grant Johnson, Sam Manicom, Brian Ricks, Shirley Hardy Ricks, and, and Graham Field. In December this month, we just finished our 24th episode, which means we've been doing that for two years. Now, being the end of December, as we're producing this episode, this is the last episode for 2017. And of, as most of us do this time of year, sort of we wrap up the one year and we get ready to ring in another, we reflect, right? It's, it's that time where you reflect, you sort of look back on your year, you see what you've done, and then you sort of think about what you want to do in the, in the upcoming year. And in reflecting for us, uh, our producer, Elizabeth and myself, we're going through the episodes of the past 12 months. And as we did, we found ourselves intrigued by so many of the titles and listening to some of the sound bites, we found ourselves just feeling a, a total range of emotions from sad to happy, inspired to odd. And some of the episodes had us smiling and laughing. And we covered a lot of stuff this year, um, plenty of tech things um, like setting up your motorcycle controls to fit your body. We did that in January. Crash recovery, tips for getting back on the bike, February. The Smith system, which was, was really neat with Sean Kitchen 
mentioned five steps to safer riding that was march and, uh, and far more there was just way more than that our rider skills segments we covered all kinds of topics like starting on a hill which peg to wait when cornering uh, another one how to rate where you are on the skills scale which uh, was one that i think was an eye-opener for a lot of people and, t- and tons more with that We've had loads of stories on the show that have really touched listeners, and including Morgan Northrup. He's with Back 40 Adventures, and they help PTSD-affected vets through motorcycling. Gina Marie Austin, whose husband passed away before she could go on a big trip with him. Gina ended up doing the big trip afterwards, and she tells an incredible story that, about life and about motorcycling. Um, Coach Ramey Stroud, who uh, went from being a racer to being paralyzed from the chest down and and how he overcame that incredible hardship to get his life back. And his story was amazing as well. Uh, so many great guests over the past year. Ted Simon, who was telling us of his latest adventure, Helge Peterson, Sam Manicom, Leon Lagathetis, David Huff, Lisa and Simon Thomas, Jacques Lucas, and j- just to name a few. I mean, there's so many great guests. And these, these people have so much great information for us. And I get a kick out of listening to some of them again, the episodes. I hear things I forgot. I relearn things. I, I have a chuckle again. I also relive some of the adventures and conversations that we've had on this show. So much is inspirational as well, which I, I really like a lot. And some of the stories jump out as funny too. I mean, like um, Luke Gelmi. Do you remember Luke, the guy who was inspired by a homeless person? Luke Gelmi's story starts out about year four on a successful career. I was an engineer. Used to, I was a chemical engineer before I left all that to, to go ride bikes. That's Luke. He's from Australia, but he doesn't yeah. live there now. Now he lives in France. I'm in France. I'm in France of all places. Was... That's where he is now. Before all this, he was working for a chemical company back home, and he walked out on his lunch break and found the inspiration for a motorcycle adventure in a homeless person. Yeah, he was either homeless or he was just a traveler. You know how you got these travelers that just look like they, they've, they've let it go, like really let themselves go? It was one of those. Although Luke has a perfectly good bike at home, he abandons that yeah. bike to buy him. A- yeah, it was, it was a toss-up between a, a Royal Enfield and a Triumph, but really it was no contest. I- Luke must have taken the recommendations to heart, you know, for motorcycle travel, like not overpacking. I, I was so disorganized that... I've opened my bags on arrival in London and realized that I only packed two pairs of socks. And of course, to go along with the Royal Enfield, the most modern navigational equipment. Yeah, literally. I had a little pocket compass and that that was how I... Well, you're probably picking up by now that he's sort of going by the seat of his pants, shooting from the hips, so to speak. But he goes to France, he ends up going to Africa. And this is where the adventure really kind of took off because... See, when most people go to Africa, they realize, you know, it's the big deal and they prepare for it and they plan and they they do all the things like getting their paperwork, their international Uh, driver's license and their carnet. No, I was... I was already kind of beyond that step. The carnet seemed way too expensive. And I think most people would agree that it's probably not a good idea to pick up strangers in a foreign country when you don't have the right paperwork and you don't have a carnet. No, I've I've got my, my driver's license from back home in Australia and that's it. But as you probably figured it out, yeah, he got a hitchhiker. And he was a complete lunatic, just a nut. Now, Luke's story doesn't end here. No, we haven't even begun yet. This story gets more twisted the more you dig into it. So I think the best thing to do, we just need to go right back to the start.
Now, if you want to hear the rest of Luke's story, it's called An Oblivious Adventure in Africa on a Royal Enfield, and it's dated April 13th, 2017. Of course, the link to all of these are going to be in our show notes. Now, another interesting one was from Alana and Mike Clear, who turned their marriage into a science experiment. Mike and Alana Clear are from the UK, and when they got married, they decided that their honeymoon was going to be something truly special. So they planned to ride together in a Ural sidecar motorcycle from Alaska to Ushuaia. It'd be the ultimate test of compatibility to join together on the adventure of a lifetime. But after being told that, according to statistics, their marriage had only a 50-50 chance of survival, they decided to make the adventure about trying to discover the secrets to a successful marriage. Along the way, they would find couples that have been together for many years and ask them what their secrets are to a life of happiness with their significant other. Interviewing everyone from Mormons to porn stars, they made their way south, all the while dealing with the difficulties of travel itself by motorcycle. Oh, and as an added bonus, or frustration, they filmed the entire trip to be made into a movie. And as you might imagine, things didn't go exactly according to plan. Well, of course, we're not talking today about advertising. We're talking about a movie you guys did called Going the Distance. When did you do this movie? We started our trip in 2009 uh, and we finished the trip in 2010. So it was kind of eight months on the road and then making the film. Anyone out there who has tried to make a video or film their trip will know that actually the trip is easy in comparison to the act of making the film or the movie around it. Uh, And the film, well, it was Mike's labor of love and it probably took about five years to make. The lift pitch uh, is that it's... um, it's uh, a search for the secret of lasting love. So the two of us got married in uh, 2008 uh, and we heard that 50% of all marriages end in divorce and we wanted to know which half of marriages we fell in. So we decided to test our relationship both uh, in in the laboratory and also on the road. Uh, and we drove uh, 35,000 miles from Alaska to Argentina uh, in a motorbike and sidecar. And all the while we were interviewing a load of couples from um, Eskimos in Alaska to polygamists in Uh, Salt Lake City, uh, down to um, the gauchos of Argentina, finding out what made them uh, stay together for life and what we could learn from them. And then the laboratory side of things, we basically had a series of tests with the world's greatest relationship scientists who essentially, uh, before we left, wanted to see whether or not we were in love. And when we got to the end of the road, we opened an envelope uh, and inside the envelope were the results of their findings and whether or not we should be together for life or not. You can hear the full story about Mike and Alana, and it's really good. You should really listen to it, especially if you have a significant other. It's called In It for the Long Haul, Motorcycle Travel and Secrets of Lasting Relationships. It's dated April 21st, 2017. And then there was Elspeth Beard, who wrote a book called Lone Rider. And 
that was about a trip that she did many years ago. But before she left on the trip, she wrote to a lot of magazines and, and looked for basically some sort of way to make some money to help finance her trip. And the biggest magazine of the day, the editor for, for that magazine, wrote her a letter back that just mocked her. And we managed to find him and get him on that episode. That was a lot of fun, too. But before you left, you did try and drum up some interest. You wanted to see if maybe you could get an article or a few articles written for magazines. And you wrote, I guess, to everybody. I think you, you said you sort of wrote to everyone, manufacturers, the whole bit. But you got a letter back, which I thought was, was just beautiful, from Biker Magazine. And you have a little passage of that in, the, in your book. Do you want to read that? Uh, yes, I could read that. It's page yes, I, 27, I actually, about halfway down. Yeah, I... I wrote about 27, 28, eight letters to um, various bike magazines, and I only got two replies. I got one from BMW saying, thanks very much, but we already know our bikes are pretty good, but have a good trip and best of luck. <laughs> and, then, and then I got another one. The only, the only letter I got from the, bike, from the British bike press was from Bike Magazine, and it says, Dear Elspeth, uh, Breck, oh, and just to put it into context, I sent them a photograph of myself sitting on my bike with my letter. Anyway, it says, Dear Elspeth, Brecken said he'd uh, write this letter, but he can't cause his tongue's jammed in his typewriter. Julian asks if you've got an eight-foot-tall husband who's also a karate expert. Mike Clement has already formed the Elspeth Beard Appreciation Society and wants to know where in the world you're going to be so he can get there first. Me, I'd like to offer you sponsorship around the world, but I think it would be a waste and a shame for London. Best wishes, Dave Coldwood. So that was the response. That's the way women got treated in those days. We were just not taken seriously. Yeah, we were just a joke. We really were. We were just a joke. Anybody, any any woman riding a big bike that wanted to seriously, you know, do anything, we were just a joke. The amazing thing is, is that he writes the letter back to you, I mean, and making fun of you. I mean, you know, it's one thing to just toss it aside and say nothing, but, but they had no problem writing back telling you how foolish you were um, in that letter. I just think that's incredible, and it doesn't seem like it's all that long ago. Yeah, and that's actually what irritated me more, was the fact that they took the trouble to write back, and then they wrote that. That's what annoyed me almost more than what they wrote, because that sort of attitude I was well used to. But the fact that they actually sat down and bothered to take the time to reply, and then they wrote that. I mean, it was unbelievable. Did that help fuel you to go, or, or at this point where you're already going regardless? No, it, well, I was going, but it certainly helped. It certainly made me a lot more determined. I mean, it's attitudes that, like that that just, just kind of fueled this fire inside me, you know, that I was so determined to prove all these people wrong, that, you know, that a woman can ride around the world and, you know, and that I can do it. 
Yeah, we went on to talk about a lot of other things to do with the, the, the trip that she did and the book that she wrote. But we, for this episode, tracked down Dave Calderwood, the guy that wrote the letter to her so many years ago, who was the editor of, of Bike Magazine. We tracked him down, and after a lot of back and forth, we finally got him to agree to come on and do an interview about this letter that he wrote. And this is an excerpt of, of what it sounded like. Well, back in the early 80s, there was a young woman by the name of Elspeth Beard that sent you a letter um, as the editor for Bike Magazine, and she was asking <laughs> if you were interested in her upcoming round-the-world trip, and, and, and you responded to her, and by luck or chance or happenstance, Elspeth actually kept the letter. She ended up doing the trip and, and writing a book. Do you remember the letter? Do you remember Elspeth? I don't remember uh, either the letter or Elspeth at the time. Um, I regret to say, um, but, uh, you know, uh, we were inundated with people asking for either sponsorship or help with getting sponsorship from manufacturers. And usually my reply to them would have been, you know, just do the trip, uh, keep us in mind, take lots of photographs, take notes, write the story. And when you come back, we'll have a look at it. That was the way I usually replied to people who, who wrote to me. Unfortunately with Elspeth, I don't know why, don't know why, but that day I did, you know, I wrote a really stupid letter. So um, I'm embarrassed about it now, to be honest. Well, she, she sent you a photograph of herself on her motorcycle, I guess, to show their enthusiasm, show she was a biker. She included the letter asking if you were interested in coverage, et cetera, maybe a sponsorship. Yeah. And, and what she wrote back was, was really, it was, it was almost like, I, I sort of pictured this in my imagination. You're sitting around on a Friday afternoon with the, the guys at the office and wrote back sort of a, you know, a, a tongue in cheek letter, but a bit of a slap in the face to her too. It was, um, and, and your last line was me, uh, uh, this is after you made remarks about other people in the office and what their comments were uh, supposedly at the time this the last line was me I'd like to offer you a sponsorship around the world but I think that'd be a waste of time and a shame for London yes yeah I'm not quite sure what I was trying to say at that point but it wasn't good how old were you at that time 20, 29 I worked it out 29 hmm. I should have been more mature and been out and come up with a better answer but unfortunately I didn't That episode is called Lone Rider, Globetrotting Before the Internet, and it's dated August 24th, 2017. Just so much fun over the past year with all the different things that we've done on the show. And if you'd like to listen to some of those episodes or maybe you missed some of them, they're on the website. They're, they're on the page there at www.adventureriderradio.com under the podcast link. Just hover over that and click on the year 2017 to list all the episodes for this year. So I guess it's the time of, of year, the time in our life where you want to take a few minutes and sort of reflect on your year and do yourself a favor. Plan the adventure of a lifetime for 2018. Here's raising the imaginary glass to you. Cheers.
I just want to remind you that this episode was made possible for you today in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at www.greenchiliadv.com, and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers, www.motobreeze.com. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much. Hey, if you like what you hear and you want to check out the rest, drop by the website, www.adventureriderradio.com. All of our episodes are there, ready for you to download. Our other show that we do that I mentioned already on this one, the ARR Raw Show, it comes out once a month. It's a separate show. You need to subscribe to both of them separately. And anywhere you can get podcasts, you're going to find Adventure Rider Radio and Adventure Rider Radio Raw. As a matter of fact, if you can't find it somewhere certainly let us know and do us a favor we've built this show on a model of advertising and listener support it's kind of a cool model i think because we produce it we put it out there and if you like it and only if you like it and you think it's good enough and you think you're getting some value from it you know sort of like you get from when you buy a cup of coffee or a sandwich or something like that then it's up to you if you want to do it and you can only if you can if you want to help support the show then drop by the website anything ten dollars or more is going to get you a sticker sent back at you anything fifty dollars or more is going to get you a mention on the show so here it is the last show for the season next time i talk to you we're into 2018 Get out there and ride your bike if you can. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week. This is Dr. Gregory W. Frazier, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 